So Kayla, Jeff has already broken our intro. <laughs> Are you with me there? No. The reason is because the tribe did not speak this episode. There was no tribal council. You're so right. He's bested us. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know how are we gonna how are we gonna start this? We gotta just jump right in. Welcome to Outwit, Outplay, Outpod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 44, Episode 5, The Third Turd. Kayla, the tribe actually did not speak this episode, but nevertheless, we still have thoughts. What is your fire take from this week's episode? At what age do you get to leave your child to go play Survivor? Because one of our favorite castaways announced that he recently departed from his four-month-old baby to come play this wild game. And I don't know, I am not a person raising tiny humans, but I think if I were left to raise my four-month-old tiny human by myself while someone was frolicking on a beach for a million dollars, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. If you are the significant other of the parent who has decided to go on Survivor, how much does it matter whether or not they win the million dollars that you find peace with their decision to do this at your child's young age? I think at this point, at the point where you're even considering leaving the four-month-old tiny human, like, this must be your dream. So I can't stop you from living your dream. So I guess at this point, I'm bought in. But there must have been someone. This isn't the first time they've been like, I've left my four, six, eight-month-old someone just gave birth yesterday and I'm here on the island. And I just think all those people, I don't know. People love Survivor. I think the biggest takeaway is people love Survivor. Maybe at at a scale that is inappropriate in certain circumstances. I think it might be inappropriate (laughs) in certain circumstances is all I'm saying. And I don't hope Danny wins the million, but I hope for the sake of his tiny human, he does. Nevertheless, we love the firefighters. Um, All right, so this week, my fire take... Uh, It's sort of more of a fire suggestion, and I'd like to share credit on this one with my lovely wife, Nina, who sort of came up with this in parallel to myself. We need a season, especially after season 44, we need a season called Survivor Second Chances. The entire cast consists of A, people who were medically evacuated, B, people who were like the first person to be voted off their tribe. That's just a no-brainer. I yes. think like it gives you wide enough pr- parameters that you would still get to choose some really compelling personalities. We have Bruce and now Matthew, who I really, really want to see on New Survivor seating. We, we talked about the phenomenon of so many women being voted out, out first. I think it would be sweet if, in recognition of that, they had a more women-heavy season uh, as part of Survivor Second Chances. So Survivor producers, we, we both know how closely you listen to this podcast. Heed my words here. Survivor Second Chances, it even has the alliteration. Let's just make it happen, folks. With that, Kayla, do you want to take us into the recap for this, this week's episode? I will absolutely take us into the recap for this week's episode. So it all starts back at Tika after another tumultuous tribal council where Jam Jam is not pleased that he was on the wrong side of the vote. And there's actually a lot of love loss between Jam Jam and Carolyn. 
Then we go on, Matt has dislocated his shoulder back at Ratu, but does find Carson who offers his shoulder to cry on. Aww. I know. He's also settling in um, with Kane and there's a little Kane-Carson duo happening. They're both happy to have another nerd at camp to go through all of their Lord and the Rings trivia. Well, okay, I gotta, I gotta stop you there. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, it was Star Wars. It was Lord of the Rings. It was Star Wars. They're talking about the Jedi. Okay, listeners, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna keep it 100. I've not seen Star Wars. I've not seen Lord of the Rings, The Mandalorian, Star Trek, Anything that involves magic and men running around in funny costumes, I've not seen it. No wonder, <laughs> no wonder you have a consistent track record of not liking Kane. You guys just have no sort of cultural references in common. Yes, I don't know what that man's talking about half the time. All I know is he's taking up a lot of screen time with some very uninteresting stories. Okay, I digress. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt the recap. Please continue. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Um, heading over to Soka, Jamie feels right at home on a tribe who does so much meditation. Um, we find out about Matthew's passion for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Danny's, sorry. Danny's passion for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, Jamie goes ahead and tries to make an ally out of Matt, who says he will noodle on it. She then turns right around to Matt's other half and lets her know that Matt is not seeing that she is, in fact, the most valuable player right now on Soka. And Franny goes right back and tells Matt what Jamie said. Speaking of alliances, Josh and Jam Jam finally formalize theirs right before the immunity challenge, which, kind of no surprise, Tika does lose. Ratu comes in first and selects three people to go on that journey. Taking the long walk are Brandon, Matthew, and Carolyn. Last night's journey culminates in what I'm going to call Merge Feast Light. No advantages, no risks, just a meal between friends that Brandon and Danny completely end up taking over. Literally speaking over Carolyn the entire time. Carolyn notices and does not take it lightly. She goes back to camp with her target set on Josh, who Brandon and Danny are looking to recruit into their meathead alliance. Back at Tika, everyone doesn't know who to vote for. Barbs are being thrown. It could go either way. And then Jeff Probst arrives with a bit of news. Unfortunately, Matthew may have a various may have a very serious tear in his shoulder and will therefore be leaving the games. The good news for Tika is that no tribal council, they all get to live another day. Okay, so as we all know, on I believe the second day of Survivor, Matthew went to climb um, a very tall bit of slippery rock and plummets down in a very terrifying bit of television. Um, he's been in a sling, he's been out of the sling, and nine days in, he still hasn't really healed. Unfortunately, it seems like the producers have been probing him to kind of get some medical attention and maybe leave the game. Isaac, what are your thoughts? Should Matthew have been medically evacuated? So what's interesting here is I don't think he was medically evacuated. 
they gave him a decision, right? And sure, the decision he had to make was under enormous duress. He was in a lot of pain. It seemed it seemed to be it seemed to be the case that the swing factor for him was that the trajectory of the pain was getting worse. Like this yeah. was not an injury he seemed to be recovering from. He mentions that with their diet being so insufficient, he wondered if his body even had the capacity to heal under those circumstances. No doubt in my mind or anyone's who watches this episode This guy is tough. He was committed. Like, if he saw a glimmer of hope that it was going to be workable for him to survive in this show much longer, he would have 100% taken it. But, you know, he made, I think, a choice that any reasonable human would make in his circumstances. I think, frankly, most people might have (laughs) decided to leave the game after their fall off the slippery rock. I know I would have. Yeah, and he took nine days. So uh, major props to Matthew. Obviously, this sort of uh, uh, tap out was big inspiration behind my fire take about Survivor Second Chances because I do not, under any circumstances, want this to be the last we see of Matthew. I just hope he made it far enough in the game for the producers to feel like him returning would be warranted and that Survivor fans who are following the plot would know, recognize, and celebrate the fact that we were getting another chance to see him. I definitely think they would. He made that big move. He was making fake idols, but... Not like the ones Josh was making, which we'll talk about later. He was making alliances and was a really formidable person in the challenges, despite only having one usable shoulder. Totally. And I really wanted to see him and Carson just take people down because they seemed so tight and they were so prepared to be on Survivor. That was going to be a really, really fun duo to watch. So I'm a little bit sad that that, that unfortunately got broken up, but um Our reporter on the ground, by the way, uh, my wife Nina, did a little intel, did a little digging, and she found that Matthew's journey from this point uh, involved the discovery of many very serious medical issues. It was not just a dislocation. It was a very significant tear. I don't remember all the details, and we are not doctors on this podcast, but in the show notes, I'll throw some more information about Matthew's experience. But even after being evacuated from the game, it sounds like the medical care he needed wasn't even available on Fiji. Wow. And so he had to make the choice, do I go back to the U.S. to get medical care? Do I then come back because you have to quarantine once you come back because they've got to keep you in the survivor bubble? So his story, his journey, his trials and tribulations did not end at the last moment we saw him. He had quite a road. Matthew, please get on TikTok and tell us all about it. Yeah, Thank please you. do. Please do. Um, why don't we switch gears to a slightly lighter, happier subject that our listeners are very familiar with, a showman's check-in. Because, look. Dear God. <laughs> we didn't go quite as far as defining the relationship, but I would say we took Every step up to that. What did you... five minute long hug in the woods will do it for you. Oh my God. The deep breathing hug was a lot. It was as intimate a moment I feel like I've seen on reality TV. Now, I know a lot of reality TV shows are like a lot flashier and more risque than Survivor. Love Island, we're looking at you. Of course. But the deep breathing hug in the jungle was like made me as uncomfortable as pretty much anything I've seen on reality TV. But I don't say that with any judgment or malice like beautiful like what's happening is beautiful. we love matt we love franny am i getting a little bit of hair standing up on my arm as i recall this five minute long hug yes i am but 
I think they're together, folks. There's no denying it. Yeah, I mean, they, they have plans to get, weirdly specific plans, I would say, to get Ethiopian food. And I think Franny said, Ethiopian food and whatever happens, happens. I think I think that's become the new Netflix and chill, by the way. Let's just- Innuendo. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get that in the lingo. I thought it was interesting that the producer interjects and is like, Franny, you're blushing. Like that was, that was really funny because you see that with other reality TV shows where the producers sort of have a voice prompting the mm-hmm. contestant to like, giggle or you know a little something the producers are eating this romance up they simply they probably couldn't even edit it out because there were so many little comments about her just like being full crush mode with our man matt totally because everything in the new survivor is in the vein of wanting to condense and like efficiently tell stories like they've cut out a lot of the bs so the fact that we're revisiting the showmance again and again just speaks to the gold mine of content content. that, that the producers thought it was and i'm glad we're getting as much as we are because it does not disappoint So Kayla, rumor has it that you have a little bit of a light game for us to play. I I know nothing about this game, so why don't you introduce it to us? I think that's the family feud. Which which is the (laughs) prelude to Survivor, so that music is like constantly... See, I was watching it last night before Survivor, and it's just like... So, as you know, there are several other franchises of Survivor internationally. Yes. These franchises of survivor are filmed in some pretty interesting places some are the same as the american franchise some are very different so we're going to do a little bit of trivia isaac of which you are absolutely not prepared for and if you do know the answers i'll be so deeply impressed so three questions about where franchises of survivor film some of their seasons okay got it i'm ready and and i apologize in advance to our australian listener who i assume watches the australian survivor show that i know exists and probably knows the answer to all these trivia questions but please hit me survivor greece was most recently filmed in what caribbean country uh see you think that this might embarrass me because i don't know the answers i am worried that i'm going to out myself in terms of being so ignorant of geography that I'm not going to like name a country that's actually in the Caribbean. So um, I'm going to go with the Dominican Republic. Ding, ding, ding. No way. Isaac, did you know? How did you know that? It was the first country I could think of that I was pretty sure was in the Caribbean. So (laughs) let's roll with that. The survivors, the survivor producers picked the same way. Great job. Love it. Okay. Survivor Finland headed north and filmed their fifth season in what country? Headed north from Norway? Finland. Oh, Finland. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Scandinavia. Um, north from Finland. Boy, there's not much. Uh, I'm going to say the North Pole. That would be so much better than what the answer actually is, which is Sweden on the Haparanda Archipelago which is a group of 792 Swedish islands. I would like two caveats. One, I'm sorry if that is not exactly directly north of Finland, but I was doing it for the little banter. Two, I'm sorry if I pronounced that archipelago wrong. Okay, the Swedish islands. I hear they're lovely this time of year. I'll have to check them out. Okay, all right. One final question. One final question. Survivor Israel was filmed in five countries. Name three. 
Wow. First of all, I want to watch Survivor Israel. I did take a little bit of Hebrew in college, and I don't understand it, but I really love how it sounds. So that would be really interesting. Um, okay, three countries, Israel. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, Australia. No. Um, what are other countries? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Peru. No. Think more traditional, more traditional survivor type countries. Okay. Uh, the Dominican Republic? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. We see you, DR. I hope we get some DR <laughs> listeners after this. All right. Those are my three guesses. What did I, what did I miss? The other four options were the Philippines, okay. Thailand, okay. Honduras, and Panama. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So that's for our one international listener and inspired by uh, Survivor Greece watcher Vasilia. Thank you for giving me the fodder for this game. Wow, a little fan shout out. I love it. Okay, very cool. All right, well, that's our light game for the day. Why don't we tune back into the episode and talk about what you mentioned in the recap, the journey feast. So we had Brandon, Danny, and Carolyn there's no advantage to be found. There's no little hike. It's just a meal, which at first I'm like, ooh, fun. Right. Like, I was like, so great. We've talked before about how we like this sort of, I, I, not to speak for you, but I, I think we both like the sort of inter-tribe interactions yes. before the merge. It's just like a really interesting strategic avenue that it's cool to see players exploit. Uh, but this one, I would say, went went horribly wrong on several levels. First, how did you think it was going to go? Like, you're at the, the challenge has just wrapped. They called the three names. What's your immediate reaction? How are you feeling about our three castaways? I mean, it wasn't too hard for me to guess that Danny and Brandon are probably going to, like, pair up. I th- What I was most interested to see is, like, what Carolyn's vibe would be in this setting, I think. Carolyn of it all. Yeah, the Carolyn of it all. That's what this whole season is about. Um, but I didn't have a lot in the way of pre- predictions. I didn't think it was going to go this bad, this fast. That's for I sure. thought Danny was going to honestly give us more like nice guy energy. Like I thought Danny was going to really welcome Carolyn into the fold and try and make something shake. And the way it went was just absolutely the opposite direction. Totally. And yeah, and, and you have good reason to think that because Danny's leading like the deep breathing exercises. He just seems like a fun guy doing all his somersaults in the jungle and whatnot. I agree. And yeah, I mean, Danny and Brandon, like, man, no self-awareness, like just like a dagger in your social game. And, and just like, first we should say, forget the game, like morally, like the way in which they were not hearing or paying attention to the woman in their company was just, you know. Do you think the producers made her sit in the middle or do you think that was just like a, a fluke to drive all of this home? <laughs> I think it was a happy accident, but you're right that it, it almost, like that's how you would stage it. Right. Yeah. It could not have been worse. Yeah. So Brandon and Danny, I guess, are a duo to watch come merge. But like Carolyn has this info that they're bros. She also gets the insight that like, Josh could potentially be a part of the Broey Alliance. And so it causes her to really sharpen her focus on Josh as the target. I think she was sort of in between Jam Jam and Josh before this. She might have targeted Josh anyway. But yeah, that that did change the course of the game and not to Danny and Brandon's benefit because now someone who was along with them on this journey knows someone who they see as a potential ally post-merge and they are immediately public enemy number one. 
they also named their own threat. Like, I think the worst thing you can do on Survivor is get up there and be like, I'm a physical threat. I'm a strategic threat. I'm a social threat. Like, let your game speak for yourself. Don't allow others to put you in the box that you labeled yourself. It's completely bananas. And Danny and Brandon kind of like there's not enough of them there's not enough of their so quote unquote physicality threats to actually ever have the numbers in a meaningful way and so all they've done is kind of make themselves a micro group and at this point in the game three is not that much better than two and we all know how being a duo on survivor typically goes for you yeah i think this is going to major backfire i i hope it backfires majorly because it was just it was it was hard to watch the way in which they were uh keeping carolyn at arm's length right in front of her and she tried to stand up she was like am i included in this like can you speak with me she made herself known to her credit she did not shrink she was like i'm gonna throw myself in here and see how far i can get and I have to give her credit. She shared openly that this was not going in their favor. And once again, I don't think folks are taking Carolyn seriously. I don't think there's enough respect on her name. A hundred percent. And I feel like I'm so curious about the survivors on this season, watching this back and specifically looking at Carolyn's game. Because if there's an assumption even more broadly than Danny and Brandon, that Carolyn is like a non-factor, non-entity, not not a real player in the game, them watching this season, they must be like staggered by the degree to which they were wrong. And I think it's a little, it's a little warning to any future contestants of Survivor. Do not underestimate your fellow competitors simply based on their colorful mannerisms and personalities. It's a big mistake. We've seen it done before seen it done before I, I would say Marianne is someone who was underestimated yes. all the way to the very end <laughs> all because the way to the bank they underestimated her a hundred percent but just because you got a bubbly personality doesn't mean you have you can't have a amazing strategic game in fact I think there might be a bit of a correlation between those two things because you got the social savviness so yeah that was that was a tough journey tough journey uh okay let's dump, jump into Tika now we sort of already alluded to it Carolyn gets back she immediately starts miming to Jam Jam, really like in classic Carolyn fashion, very animated. Josh turns his back and she's like, we're okay. We're Everything's good. Okay. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, but this was like, so I was really disappointed when Tika lost the challenge because I'm like, damn, we're seeing a lot of Tika at Tribal and this tribe is dwindling. I was shocked that they were going to let them get down Me to two too. members. But then I was totally surprised because this was a really entertaining buildup to what we thought would culminate in a tribal. In a really entertaining tribal. <laughs> yeah. Um, no love lost between Josh and Carolyn. Wow. I'm actually surprised that he hung her out to dry so quickly because I think she could have been, a, they could have been really formidable, especially since Josh has the information that everyone else thinks Jam Jam is a threat. So if those two were able to partner and take out what some have said is apparently a very strategic threat then that could have been great for their game yeah it continues to be interesting you you were on the on the scent of this one early people think of jam jam as a big strategic threat and i think it's partially it's sort of the flip side of people underestimating carolyn so consistently because they don't realize the degree to which she is calling the shots but yeah jam jam is like he might be in trouble going into the merge i don't know that he necessarily has as much cause to be labeled people's top threat no i think he'll end up being someone that gets eliminated early because his personality is too big to be like a Heather where you just, she'll go quietly to final four. 
but he doesn't have any allies to speak of right now. Although we did get to see that Carolyn and Jam Jam actually do really like each other. They were just like kind of having a tiff. Yeah, I hope that I hope ultimately in the story of Jam Jam and Carolyn, it was just like a bit of a lover's quarrel, a little speed bump in the road. I would love to see them continue to work together. I agree. This brings us to... Yeah. Them calling out Josh for the fakest of fake idols. And you called it, by the way. With Last week, you were talking about Josh's lie with the personal trainer and how horribly he executed that. Terrible liar. His fake idol. Oh, my gosh. First of all, at this point in Survivor, if you just show someone a note, I'm no like, oh, great. You. I'm immediately like, oh, they have a fake idol. Also, I didn't realize until Carolyn said it, it was the same note that he had showed Carolyn her the other like, week. was like, you think I can't read? And then it's just this <laughs> rinky-dinky, like, I made better friendship bracelets in elementary school than the thing he put together. And it literally comes apart, metaphorically and, and literally, in Jam Jam's hands. Jam Jam says... These are the beads from Tree Mail. <laughs> like, read him like a book. And at that point, Josh, I think it would have been in his best interest to kind of just double down. Because no, or not to double down. Because nobody believes you. It's all out in the air. At this part, you have to be like, okay, I'm vulnerable. And start doing that thing where you're just scrambling, seeing what sticks. Because this weird, shady, don't look at the man behind the curtain is very strange and I think is going to be a huge tell when you go into the merge and Jam Jam repeats this story to the other castaways. 100% agree. It was hilarious. I, I just loved everything about that so scene. Good. And, you know, Josh, let's just keep tracking Josh. It's a really interesting trajectory. We got nothing from him for the first couple episodes. Then he sort of gets bailed out because he was in trouble on a tribe and he switches to Tika. They hand him an immunity idol so he's safe. Then this time... Jeff rolls up on his little speedboat and is like, you're not going to tribal. You're okay. I, I'm pretty nine sure lives. I'm pretty sure Josh would have gone home. Nine lives, which is interesting, an interesting tie into the little feature they do about him and the way in which he has endured and survived through so many illnesses and had a, had a really bumpy road, but always turned things into a positive and achieved a lot of uh, professional success. So yeah, Josh, Josh, is, Josh is here to stay. He's sticking around. I'm really curious. Do you think? Yeah. I'm not sure. Oh, you don't think... When I say sticking around, like, to me, he is multiple episodes past his expiration date. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so he's I'm, aging like milk. Exactly. So I'm just sort of like, how far can he take it? I don't think he's <laughs> going to run the tables, but, it, you know, I've bet against him before and I've been wrong before. So true. A little fun question for you. Um, and this is inspired by... <laughs> Ugh, Jeff, your monologues, man. Sometimes they're awesome and sometimes they're just a little funny. He rolls up on the speedboat, which I always feel like Jeff loves. He loves surprise. He loves it. I'm surprised he doesn't do it more because he just loves to see the expressions of surprise and fear that his presence inspires because people are like, what's happening? This is like the game, breaking the game here. He gives this little monologue, I guess, because he doesn't have his tribal soapbox. He like needs to have a little moment. And he was like, so, and he he just, I'm not going to repeat it because it would take the rest of the episode, but he keeps reiterating the same point again and again. He's like, Matthew was is leaving, so you're not going to tribal. In other words, what was going to happen no longer is going to happen. In other words, something was supposed to happen. What will happen isn't what will happen, and this is Survivor. And it was just, 
I was like, man, just like hire a speechwriter or something. Just a Cut little, it down. Just get a little proofread once in a while. I, but you know, his a hundred points for delivery every time. We like, love Jeff. He's so earnest and passionate and sincere that like the delivery was enough to put him over the edge. But I just thought it was a little funny, classic oh Jeff moment. So I bring up the little Jeff moment because my it pertains to my fun question this week. So Kayla, which cast member of Survivor Season 44 would you say would most readily be able to fill Jeff's shoes as the host of Survivor? Who has the skills to like moderate a tribal council among the cast members of this season? Oh my gosh, this is an amazing question. I can tell you who it's not. It's ja- not Jamie. It's not Jamie. <laughs> I believe would might break out into tears yeah if she had to get up there and wield the stage you know what i think it wouldn't be quite the presence that we know jeff to be but i think franny could get it done i like that she has shown herself to be a woman of all trades and i think could jump into any scenario quite easily i also want to offer up lauren who I think they said was a school teacher. Yes, she's an elementary school teacher. And so she's up there day in, day out commanding those little kids. And those kids are under 10. Nice. And they don't listen. And neither do the castaways. So yeah. I'm T- actually, Lauren, top of my list. Teacher is, a, I feel like, a great profession to qualify you for this. I don't have a clear answer. And I don't want to buy... I don't want to suggest through this question that Jeff is replaceable. Because frankly, he isn't. I'm going to throw out Matthew... I think he like his sincere, his earnestness and his passion and love for the game is really cool. The fact that he devoted himself so extensively to preparing to be on Survivor is cool. Distinctive look, very different from Jeff, but I think it it, it it's does the full beard. The full beard. It sort of works with like a a, a show themed around survival. Mm-hmm. You know, he's it's it's sort of like you know. Uh, I don't want to be offensive here. It's a little primitive, you know? It's a little of What's nature. What's that man in the... Bear Gryles? Bear Gryles. Bear Gryles. Bear Gryles. Goodness. Okay. Bear Gryles. Yeah. Would you compare him to Bear Gryles? I would absolutely compare him to yeah. Bear Gryles. He's in the genre of the survivalist. I agree. All right. Well, we are going to begin to wrap things up here. Why don't we go to one of our favorite segments, Survivors on the Move. Kayla, who was falling for you this episode and i'm starting with falling because i have a lot of names i have a lot of names in this category falling brandon you're in hell Um, (laughs) wow danny also in hell um who else is falling i was gonna put out one a character who i know you like jamie no jamie's definitely falling because she misread the room so deeply yeah the fact that you get on a new tribe and you don't pick up on the showmance that's happening and don't have the presence of mind to like avoid talking behind the back of the person's committed life partner at this point, let's just say it. Um, yeah, Jamie was not demonstrating the social awareness that I thought she had. And I and, agree. And very different realizations of that, but agreed that Danny and Brandon also, it's like, dude, like some social awareness. It, it doesn't even meet the point of strategy. It just like how to interact with the human beings around you. Generally, have you ever interacted with another human in a vulnerable moment ever? Yeah. <laughs> Listen before you speak. I think that's that's a good rule, and I don't know that Jamie adhered to it. Um, on the flip side, Carson. Say it. Uh, I'm sorry. I know I say Carson every episode, but, like, ugh, I just he's just amazing. I, I think, like, his social acumen, the way in which he ingratiated himself first with Matthew – 
and like demonstrated this sort of emotional superpower to be, as you said, the shoulder to lean on for Matthew. And another not weird hug. He was like, do you want a hug? And Matthew said, I absolutely do. I absolutely do. And it was lovely. Take some notes, Matt and Franny. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Carson, I mean, you know, hopefully there will be an episode where I don't say his name in this section, but I think he earnestly deserves it. Uh, And and I should also say, he also does the nerd connection with Kane, which was awesome. Kane is really funny to me. I'm not convinced that he's going to quite go the distance, uh, but I like the little nerd celebration. There's a lot of nerd energy in this season of Survivor in a really positive way. I agree. I typically like to slander Kane and will continue to do so in the future, but I do think he's on the rise this episode since he's found himself like a really great ally in Carson, and I think Carson will really help um, him maneuver as the folks start to share the beach. Totally agree. Um, well, we have a really exciting new addition to the podcast, a new segment. This is the fan fire take of the week. Kayla, what a moment. Fan fire take. Fan fire take. Uh, why don't you take this one away? I, I don't want I don't want my reading of the email to at all be colored by the fact that I, I'm quite close with and know this listener very well. So why don't we, why don't you put some fresh eyes on this and, t- and, and we'll share our thoughts. Hi, Isaac's mob. (laughs) In the early years, the tribes were almost entirely isolated from each other, but for distant meetings at challenges, there was little thought about trying to engage pre-merge with anyone on opposing tribes. There would naturally be more focus on each individual's character and personality, as well as on the internal social team dynamic. We knew who was suffering from hunger, loneliness, general discomfort, and misery, and who was able to focus best on the task at hand. The game felt more like surviving than the current iteration, which sometimes feels like summer camp on a rice coconut diet. Fire. Fire take for sure. And totally, we've, we've sort of talked, we've, 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 we've alluded to this fire take in the past because we also love just any opportunity, and especially through the journeys for different tribes to sort of bump up against one another is always really interesting. Now, it's cool that we got a case study about how it can go south for players this Oof. episode with Brandon, Danny, and Carolyn's little little take. But I think whether it benefits players or whether it hurts them, it's super interesting. So love this fire take. It also, you know, she mentions here that that game felt more like surviving when you're more focused on the internal tribal dynamics. I just want to recognize, like, one of the really cool things about Survivor is how different people come to it for so many different things. Um, I would say this emailer here, a bit of a survivalist. They like to see the survivors braving the elements, catching fish, all that sort of thing, which Survivor has increasingly got away from. Uh, Another shout out to my wife, Nina. Uh, She's a bit of a challenge junkie. She is showing up for the challenges, unlike your co-host here at Outwit Out Play Out Pod. Um, Clearly, you know, as Kayla, what are we, what kind of podcast are we? We're here for the drums. We're here for the drums. We're here for the social game. What I was specifically hunting for there was we're a people first podcast. So we're here for the human interest and we're, <laughs> and we're here for the social game and the strategy. But don't worry, I'll, I'll keep teeing you up. We're keep gonna, teeing me up. We're going to get at one of these A couple things. swings and misses today, but it's fine. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, that's all we got today. A, a really good episode, right? Great episode. A return to form, I thought. The first two episodes were really strong. Third and fourth, not so much. This one, right back where we started. Loving this cast. Seriously. Amazing, amazing. 
amazing, amazing. Um, all right, folks. Well, that's all we got. Feel free, again, now that we have this new segment, Fanfire Take of the Week. You can be a Fanfire Take of the Week if you simply email. Send us an email. <laughs> email us at outwitoutplayoutpod at gmail.com for your chance at fame. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcasting apps. And as always, well, not as always, really. The tribe did not speak this episode. There was no tribal council, but I'm just going to say it anyway. The tribe has spoken, and so have we. Thank you.